Welcome to Digication Scholars Conversations. I am your host, Jeff Yan. In this episode, you will hear part one of my conversation with Nathan Carpenter from Oberlin College. More links and information about today's conversation can be found on Digication's Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Full episodes of Digication Scholars Conversations can be found on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Welcome to Digication Scholars Conversations. I'm your host, Jeff Yan. My guest today is Nathan Carpenter. Nathan Carpenter is the Director of Academic Peer Advising and Coordinator for Strategic Initiatives in the College of Arts and Sciences at Oberlin College. So welcome, Nathan. Thanks, Jeff. Happy to be here, and thanks so much for inviting me. Um, I have uh, had the pleasure of working with you and your colleagues um, at Oberlin College these last couple of years. Um, I must say that I have been so impressed with um, the couple of programs that I know you oversee, uh, which I'm sure we'll dig into and talk about um, because I think that it's a it's a um, it's it's really the you know to me uh, a uh, the direction of where many colleges are going and I think Oberlin in this case is you know taking on a, 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 a probably whether knowingly or not a leadership position in in leading the pack in that because you've got a couple of really excellent programs going. Um, uh, but before we dive into the details of that, do you want to talk a little bit about um, what you do at Oberlin? And so we can get a just a sort of a general sense and then we'll dive into the, the, the programs that you oversee. Absolutely. Thank you. And, and thanks for your kind words about our work here at Oberlin. And we have certainly um, appreciated our uh, partnership with um, Digication and with you. And it's really allowed us, I think, to um, deepen a lot of the work that we're doing in these areas. So uh, as you mentioned, I direct academic peer advising programs, um, and I'm also the, the coordinator for strategic initiatives. So I have kind of two different hats here at Oberlin. Um, and with the academic peer advising role, um, I primarily oversee uh, the peer advising leaders PAL program for first year and new students here at Oberlin and the Sophomore Opportunities and Academic Resources SOAR program. And uh, both take a cohort-based model um, to really helping students uh, transition to Oberlin, uh, learn what it, it, it means to, to live and learn at Oberlin, make the most of the academic advising experience, explore uh, opportunities inside and outside the classroom, move towards declaring a major, towards identifying um, co-curricular opportunities like internships and research and community-based partnerships. And um, so I'm happy to, to get more into the, uh, the, the details of those programs as well. But um, that's kind of the, the broad model is, is we use a cohort-based uh, approach that's, that's led by our fabulous team of, of PALs and, and SOAR leaders. Um, and we've been excited in, in the last couple of years as our partnership with Digication has grown that both those programs are now um, fully integrated with Digication. We have uh, first years and sophomores in those programs really uh, charting their experience and archiving their work 
in their digital portfolios, which has been a really exciting thing to see come to fruition. Exciting, exciting indeed. Um, now, you said, you said that these experiences allowed students to, to experience what it, what it means to be an Oberlin student. So what does it mean? Can you tell me? I mean, that's, that's a big question. And, and I think the answer will be different for, um, for any individual student. And, you know, we're, we're really lucky here to have uh, an, an awesome student body with just such a diverse range of interests and um, uh, uh, passions. And, you know, I, I think from the beginning of the first year, there, there's a lot about that transition that's new. Um, and uh, really where the, the PAL program seeks to, to assist students primarily is through navigating the uh, academic advising and, and course registration process and, and helping students feel like they have the tools uh, from, from the very beginning of their first semester to make you know, really intentional um, choices around their academic pathway and the uh, areas that they want to explore. And so, of course, their academic advisor is, is their primary guide in that respect. And we view the PAL program and um, the team of PALs who are the older students really as the folks who are um, helping, helping new students to know to, to really make the most of that experience, to know what questions to ask, to know how to navigate resources at Oberlin, um, and to, to make that transition where, you know, most folks are coming from uh, a high school environment with maybe eight academic departments and um, coming uh, to Oberlin where we have something in the range of 40. And so understanding what it means to make that transition and that, um, you know, what, what was taught in the history department at, at your high school um, might be taught in the history department at Oberlin, or it might be taught in the sociology department or, or even the econ department. Um, and so that's, that's one of the primary ways in which um, uh, uh, PAL, right from the beginning of the first semester, is um, thinking about helping students make that, that transition to, to Oberlin. You know, a lot of people talk about, you know, almost like learning to be a college student. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of what it sounds like to me, you know, like, um, uh, and I, I think that there is a, um, a great deal of um, sort of leveling the playing field um, for lots of people, you know, um, I assume that you probably have, um, you know, first-gen college attendees who, who are trying to navigate that and what that means, uh, or people who might be coming from a um, background where, uh, you know, uh, access to, you know, a, a college environment isn't as accessible and therefore may not know the lingos and, and so on. And I actually still remember clearly there was a, Actually, one of the Digi Scholars conversations I had with a professor from um, John Jay College of Criminal Justice, and his name is Michael Yabro, and he said that, you know, as someone who grew up in West Texas, you know, going to you know college, and even when they were talking about a syllabus, he doesn't know what that really means. You know, they're talking about credits. You know, what does that really mean? Uh, that wasn't a vocabulary in in his day to day life, and so I think that. 
starting to think about that experience for all incoming first year students could be um, could be tremendous and 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 sort of don't throw them into a into almost like uh you know into 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 the depth of something that they felt like they're going to drown in mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah that's that's exactly right and and that's what we want to make sure we are doing right from the beginning of that first semester is ensuring a baseline um among all students that that they know um you know the those kind of most fundamental resources that are available to them and, and tools that are available and, and also know how to um, access them. And, and um, you know, pals, pals will be that person for them in a lot of ways, but they'll also be the connector in a lot of ways. And so um, helping to, to get connected with other offices and, and departments across campus is a crucial piece of that as well, because really what, you know, as, as you mentioned, really what's happening is you're in a new, and everyone's in a new institution mm-hmm, and, right. and everyone is, is learning how to navigate that, that institution and, and each institution will be unique. Yeah. So how do you find, you know, like the, what's, what's the impetus to, to, to do peer um, advising in this case versus, you know, like do, do like you were saying before, the academic advisor who could be a faculty member or or, or staff member. Um, why peer? That's that's a good question, and I think there's um, so many reasons why that that peer mentorship can can be so helpful as a supplement to um, you know the really excellent advising that students receive from faculty and staff here at Oberlin. Um, I think it can be really helpful to see someone who was in your shoes not too long ago mm-hmm. um, and, and to know that, that uh, they, they have a real understanding of the, the holistic experience. They can not only help you register for classes, um, but they can, you know, tell you what hours the, the dining hall is open and, and they can right. let you know tell you how you can go pick your mail up and and so there's um really there's there's a way in which that resource can be holistic i think that's that's really exciting yeah. um but but also the the experiences of of the pals and and of the peer mentors um mm-hmm. having you know navigated that transition that same transition which can often be challenging and and can often you know um, uh, uh, inspire some anxiety in certain ways. Um, I, th- I think there's real benefit to being able to connect with someone who can say very concretely, you know, one year mm-hmm. ago or two years ago when that right. was me, here was what was helpful for me to do. And here's someone I, I talked to who helped me and, and I can walk you over yeah. to their office. I love that. It's, it's almost like experiential learning but also experiential teaching and mentoring you know mm-hmm. and it's it it does feel like that um as experienced and as um knowledgeable as you know your 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 staff and faculty members would be they also are a little bit further removed from the actual day-to-day experience of a student such as like you were saying when exactly does the dining service end and what happens if it did end you know um Mm -hmm. do you have tricks to still go get food um 
and uh, you know what are what are the best then the second best choice you know um, and those are the kind of things that hey you know maybe as a staff member or a faculty member that's not something that you have to deal with you know not in the last probably you know few years um, but you probably have lots of thoughts from from your own undergrad institution right I'm sure yeah. <laughs> I know I'm thinking about that myself uh, just now uh, brings back memories and also brings back why I, I gained all that weight <laughs> into person. <laughs> Um, so, um, let me talk to you about the SOAR program. So the, so the SOAR program stands for Sophomore Opportunities and Academic Resources. Um, I was very, very fortunate to be able to witness a little bit of the SOAR program. Um, I was so impressed by your students. I'm also so impressed by the program. Would you mind breaking it down for us a little bit, tell us what this means. But I actually also wanted to, you know, if you, if you can give us a little bit of the background or maybe the, you know, why and how it gets established the way it has, because Mm -hmm. I think that it is in fact, one of those programs that um, many institutions are probably looking for. When you mentioned earlier, students have a lot of interest and different passion, but it's how do you take that and turn it into an educational experience? So why don't you tell us a little bit about the SOAR program? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and and I'll start by saying that one of the great joys of working at Oberlin is, is the chance to um, work with folks who are really eager to adapt and be flexible in order to best meet the needs of the students who we're working with. And I say that because, as, as you know, the, the SOAR program has looked really different um, in, in uh, the past several years um, as we have uh, adapted it, uh, you know, partially as a response to what we've seen with the COVID-19 pandemic, um, to really make sure that uh, each year that that the needs of that particular sophomore class were were being met, and so I'll I'll talk a little bit about the the structure in a moment. But you mentioned kind of the the backbone of the program, and and really what SOAR is fundamentally about is um, helping students navigate those key moments of sophomore year that um, that that all students encounter. So for instance, major declaration being a big one. At Oberlin, you have to decl- have declared at least one major by, by the end of your sophomore year. But what we wanna do is, is really have uh, uh, opportunities for students to intentionally think about what does that decision mean? And in making that decision, um, how can I, how, how can I use making that decision to chart a path through my remaining semesters at Oberlin, both academically, but also thinking about experiential learning and, and how can planning my academic pathway guide my thinking about an internship I might want to pursue or a professor I might want to reach out to about uh, joining joining their research lab. And so we it's, it's really a moment to take a step back and say, okay, you finished your first year you you know what's going on. You know how to how to navigate Oberlin now. There are some big things on the horizon, and and not too far away on the horizon. And we want to take a moment to 
to make sure you're feeling good about that and, and that you feel like you have a plan um, because the snowball effect of, of planning right now is going to be huge later. It's, it will be so much easier to make the most of opportunities that, that come your way, even unexpected opportunities, if you take time now to, to be really intentional about the decisions you're making. And so uh, in, in the previous academic year, so in the 2020-2021 academic year, um, Oberlin shifted to a three-semester model. We're typically a two-semester school. We shifted to a three-semester model, which allowed us to be in person through de-densifying campus. But it meant that most juniors were not in classes during the fall semester, and most sophomores were not in classes during the spring. And so what we did with SOAR in particular in, in realizing that uh, uh, it was important to provide an experience for, for those sophomores while they were away from campus during that spring semester, we developed um, a, a month-long SOAR retreat uh, for which all sophomores were, were invited to participate um, and uh, spent the month together uh, doing a lot of that planning work having students think about what we called their river journey. So identifying what are the, the bends in your river, what are those moments that are really clarifying for you or, or that um, help shape your, your trajectory through Oberlin. And this was a model that was actually developed by an Oberlin faculty member in the conservatory, uh, Jody Kirchner. And uh, so we, we did the river journey planning. We grappled with what we called complex problems. Um, so thinking about how can an Oberlin education help set you up to, to grapple with climate change and, and what role does the liberal arts play and, and the experiential learning opportunities at Oberlin play. Uh, and, and we thought a lot about diversity, equity, and inclusion in academic spaces as well. And so that was the model for that particular year. And, and that's what um, the institution needed. That's what sophomores needed during that year was a, 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 an intensive month-long experience that then led into matched, remote, and funded micro-internship opportunities, mostly with uh, Oberlin alumni. And, and uh, so, so that was the approach we, we took at that point with SOAR. Mm -hmm. And SOAR this year, we've again adapted. So we're back on a typical um, two-term model. Everyone is back on campus together at the same time. Uh, but over the summer, as we were planning for the academic year, um, we were thinking about how, how best to position SOAR. And one of the things we were thinking about is, you know, Oberlin provided a, a really excellent academic experience uh, during, during that three-semester year, that first year of COVID. And so these sophomores who were first years at the time have a really good sense of what it means to be an Oberlin student in the classroom. But where the, the, the gaps may have been was around experiential learning because so much of that was just really not possible due to public health guidelines during their first year uh, and, and building social connections within, within the class. So we developed a new model for SOAR, which had not existed before, which began in the first month of the semester with what we call the sophomore reorientation, which was really <laughs> us at nice. the beginning of the semester, right from the get-go, taking a deep dive into uh, experiential learning and, and how to connect what you're doing outside the classroom to what you're doing inside of it. Mm -hmm. uh, and then also just some social opportunities for, for folks to hang out and get to know each other 
and find mutual interests um, and and develop a sense of connection that way. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then the second piece, and I, I know this is a long-winded answer, but as you can see, so we've spent a lot of time thinking about how how best to position this this particular program. Um, the second piece, which we're in the midst of right now, is uh, a SOAR retreat, which is taking place over uh, two consecutive Saturday afternoons. And we're focusing this retreat on what we're calling the sophomore toolkit, which are five um, things that we're asking each sophomore to develop using a digital portfolio, all stored on on a portfolio, that are going to be crucial for their academic and professional success as they continue to, to plan their path. And so those elements are uh, a bio and about me statement, a collection of personal narratives that can be used in a, a cover letter or, or a fellowship application, an academic plan for their remaining semesters, and then a resume and a LinkedIn. And, and we're spending our time together during the retreat just moving down the list and really spending time thinking about how, here's how you can can be really excellent in in putting together a, a resume, and they're collecting all of that in a digital portfolio. Mm-hmm. And are they still doing the river journey and the complex problem and and all of that too? In addition, so those elements of of telling your story and and grappling with the complex problems um, were we. That's kind of becoming part of our experiential learning and career mm-hmm. development okay. framework broadly yeah. at Oberlin. Mm-hmm. And so this is, you know, another joy of, of um, getting to work with my colleagues here at Oberlin is, um, you know, especially during that, that uh, COVID year, um, <laughs> yeah. not that we're not in a COVID year now, but, but that initial COVID, COVID year, year. Yeah. the first COVID year, um, we there was so much exciting innovation happening that year in terms of making making it work academically and co-curricularly that we're now in the really exciting position of being able to identify, okay, what was the most awesome mm. stuff that yeah. we came up with last year? And, and um, how can we connect that with the awesome stuff we were already doing um, to, to kind of, you know, bring, have this best of both worlds scenario. And so it's, we've really been able to, um, yeah. I think, emerge stronger in terms of our, um, uh, you know, certainly uh, our, our experiential learning programming, which is the piece I, I work on most directly. Yeah. Well, I, I got to say that the, what, some of the pieces that I am so drawn by with um with what i had experienced um obviously you know a lot more limited um is is really the the timing on when you start to give students sort of exposure to these big problems these complex problems and sort of even dialing that back you know the idea of the river journey i think is very it's it's incredibly poetic, you know. Like mm-hmm. life does meander, you know. We don't we don't just kind of like we're born and it mm-hmm. goes straight, you know, in a straight road, you know. Um, and you even talked a little bit earlier on this. Like I was thinking about this vision of like something snowball. If you you know, depending on what you do now, it mm-hmm. may have a big impact later. To me, it almost feels like you're standing on top of a hill, a snowy hill. 
mm-hmm. depending on which direction you start to roll the ball, you really are mm-hmm. going to end up in a different place. And and I think that what to me is really interesting is now this happens at Oberlin in the sophomore year. I could see this being happening at different parts of life, really. You know, this is why what I'm so excited about. I feel like, you know, like if there's someone in high school, you know, teaching in high school program right now, listening to this, maybe sort of figure out your own SOAR program for your students too, you know, because that snowball is going to keep taking on momentum depending on which direction they ended up in. But what you mm-hmm. did, and I just love that because I remember reading about the whole description was was that you know you got experts in all different areas you know um, you had mentioned climate change it could be about you know sort of diversity equity inclusion it could be about you know social justice it could be about energy problems you know which I guess would be a sort of a subset of you know um, uh, 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 climate change um, but it could also be about all kinds of other, you know, problems that we face in the world now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, from, you know, some some of it could be politics-based, some of it could be financial, et cetera. And you expose the students to these f- fundamental problems that will likely impact all of our lives and mm-hmm. the next several generations of people's lives at the minimum. Mm-hmm. And... And you expose to them that with a great deal of, it's not just exposure that this is happening, but also the academic, you know, research and backing of that. And so the students can have a, almost like a very educated sense of, ah, here is the baseline. Mm -hmm. And just at the time when they are also trying to figure out, here is my baseline. And now I knowing all of that, I get a much more informed decision on which direction I should push, start pushing the snowball down the hill. Because if it's going to go east, I'm going to end up on this side of town and otherwise it's going to be on the other mm-hmm. side, right? And and I think that that's a really incredible, I mean, it's incredibly powerful because, you know, on one hand, you know, you talked a lot about the academic uh, majoring and the path of, you know, all of that and then getting internships and all of that path. But then on the other hand, I almost feel like it's it's exactly that pattern of the SOAR program that everyone needs in their lives every once in a while. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be that the person's gonna be twenty-eight and maybe thinking about marriage and mm-hmm. you know, etc. that they need to do another sore like um, experience for themselves. Um, so that they can figure out what paths to take, you know? Absolutely. And I, I really love the way you've improved on this, this snowball. <laughs> I don't want to say because... improve. I'm just taking no, what you've it, got. Yeah. No, absolutely. Because, you know, I, you know, one of the things we've been, um, talking with the, the sophomores about is, you know, to, to continue on the, what you were talking about, you know, that planning and and that you know pushing the snowball down the hill right now and doing all the things you need to do um, is something you're doing. So right now you're picking a major, 
you are deciding what kind of experience you want to pursue this summer. You're making decisions that are right now, which are very concrete and very tangible. And we're going to meet you there and give you the concrete skills that, that you need to, to make those decisions. But exactly like you're saying, you're also practicing a skill that you'll use again later. So that's an important balance that, that we try to, to maintain in all of these programs is, yes, there is the concrete, and it's urgent. And, and there's a deadline by which you need to pick a major, and, and we'll help you do that. But let's also, as that's happening, start to develop a reflective practice around how and why you're making that particular decision so that when the next big decision comes, you don't know what that's going to be yet, but you'll have tools and, and you'll, you'll, you'll have practiced that skill. And so it, it is definitely exactly like you're saying about this balance between um, you know, the, the concrete and, and what's in front of you, but also the, the planning for the unplanned. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, isn't that true of everything, though, right? And that's almost like the more, more important skills, you know, because at some point, you're going to get to a point where you go, you know, maybe I didn't, I, I regretted part of this path, but that's part of the river journey. That's where you meander. Mm -hmm. That's when you go, oh, well, I can bounce over to this side, right? Exactly. Um, and, um, and I, I, I kind of feel like that. So I was very fortunate to have been able to come to one of your events and met some of the students and, mm -hmm. and sort of was in a somewhat like a, almost like a workshop and talking to them. And I was so inspired because A, the students were, they were able to articulate the type of passion that they have. And I almost feel like that your students almost, you know, they are very well, very well prepared to do meaningful things in the world, meaning that they are aware of these problems that they, they, that they, they have both an emotional and an academic you know, sort of understanding. So intellectually, they, 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 they get it, but they also emotionally have invested themselves into, hey, look, I'm developing, it's not just a major, it's a passion that, you know, even if it's not a major, I'm, I mm -hmm. think that the world needs to be this way, right? Mm -hmm. So they kind of have that, which is, is fantastic, right? Mm -hmm. I think we all need that. You know, that's, that's why we get up even during COVID years right um Absolutely. that we want to see the world like we think that we can do something that can make the world be closer to that vision of where we think is a better version of it will be and the students kind of do that but but they are informed enough that that it, no matter what major they ended up being right they it could be going into you know some things are like more obvious right if you are engineering for you know that you know, and you, you can, you know, work on new um, battery technologies. That's kind of obvious. But it could also be that you are going into um, becoming a, um, a writer. It could be that you are becoming a counselor. It could be any of those 
you know, other passions that you have, but you can bring that lens of how you see the world and still do that, you know, and, 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 and pursue, pursue, um, you know, a career and a major that, that, that may not be so obvious. And, and I think that changes the world in significant ways because we're going to have architects that come out understanding environmental issues and human rights and how to source ethically, how to, how to, um, you know, build ethically, how do you, how to, um, and there are things that I remember, was it just this last week that um, someone, who was it that, I think it was uh, Pete Buttigieg that said, you know, our highway systems have been um, built with a racial bias um, because, um, you know, because, because um, poor, uh, often black neighborhoods um, would get basically plowed over when the highway systems were put in place in major cities. They basically just plowed over these, you know, uh, neighborhoods and just yanked, yanked them out. And, and now people were displaced and whereas the nice neighborhoods were left intact. Um, and, and, uh, but these are things that is, these are things that are, you know, if you don't think deeply about it, you know, these, this is what would happen. Right. Um, and I think that what you are building is, uh, a whole, you know, cohorts of students where they're equipped with that lens um, in their back pocket, no matter what field they go into. Absolutely. And and you're so spot on about Oberlin students and and um, who who are just incredible to work with. It's it's such a, a privilege to to um, work with students here, because, as you say, um, you know, the, these are folks who who do fair, uh, feel very deeply about um, making the world a better place. And so, you know, as as you mentioned, the experts we brought in for SOAR and and um, gave students the opportunity to um, hear from them, ask questions. Uh, you know, is really about identifying, you know, what what's your slice going to be, and mm-hmm. and thinking about these these really enormous challenges one person is not going to tackle all of climate change but you can build the the practice of narrowing down and thinking about okay i'm not i'm not going to solve all of climate change but i'm gonna uh you know i i can think about being in a particular place at a particular time and and working with those around me to accomplish something that is in service of that that larger goal um and and again that's that's one of the um one of the skills really that that we were wanting to uh uh help students build through through soar and and through this complex problem framework that we've used This concludes part one of our conversation with Nathan Carpenter from Oberlin College. To hear part two, be sure to subscribe to Digication Scholars Conversations on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Digication Scholars Conversations is brought to you by Digication, a technology platform powering the most innovative e-portfolio programs in K-12 and higher education. 
Our website can be found at digication.com. This episode was produced by Drew Albanicius and Jeff Yan. Thanks for listening.